You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Men. I will tell you right now, uh, we just recorded for five or so minutes, and maybe it was ten minutes, and we lost it all, and my patience is waning. And I would assume Frank's is as well. So I'm going to hand it over to Frank and let him tell you about the Bucks 134-111 win over the Golden State Warriors. Well, 10 minutes ago, I was saying that I didn't want to be awake right now, but I had no choice <laughs> because the Milwaukee Bucks just blew out the defending champs uh, <laughs> in Oracle. Um, now I really don't want to be awake, um, but the service we use to record these, Zencaster, uh, flaked out on us, So, or at least our one of our internets did. But anyway. It was um, definitely my internet. Yeah, well, no, I think mine actually might have done as well. But anyway, um, if there was something worth staying up for uh, to talk about, it is a a big win like we saw tonight from the Bucks over the Warriors. And, um, you know, it was a big night efficiency wise on both ends. Um, You know, I thought Eric Bledsoe was fantastic. Uh, Giannis was, you know, very good if kind of had some foul trouble and ultimately didn't that didn't really matter. Um, But Giannis was very good, um, you know defensively they got contributions from a bunch of guys including blood soap in particular uh, middleton as well and you know i think the story of this game is really looking at the warrior side of the box score um you know did any of us expect steph curry to be held to 5 of 14 shooting 0 of 4 from 3 and no free throws for 10 points in 26 minutes he did leave with an injury in the third quarter but by then the game was was over uh and kevin durant not much better six out of 15 just one out of two from three, four out of five from the line. He did have nine assists, but turned it over six times. Um, and Clay Thompson shot very well from mid-range, but key there is mid-range. Uh, 24 points on 15 shots, so he was efficient, but only two out of two from three, um, which, again, like if you had told me that coming into this game, the Warriors' three superstars would go, what, three out of eight combined from three, <laughs> um, I would have been... Mm-hmm very surprised and would have felt pretty confident. Um, and that played a big role in allowing the bucks to overcome the fact that they, I mean, they, they shot nine out of 35 from three. the bucks were not lighting it up from three, but they just dominated inside. And, um, you know, we talked about yesterday, the warriors are a team that is about as top heavy without with Draymond hurt right now. They're about as top heavy as like maybe any team in NBA history. So, um, I thought we saw the bucks, uh, playing like a team that was very aware of that. And, uh, with Jordan Bell and Damian Jones starting, um, you know, they, they were very aware that they needed to care about Steph Curry, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson more than, more than those guys. And I thought the defense was a bit different than we've seen in the past, but, um, you know, I think again, just credit to, uh, to Bledsoe Middleton and, and really team defense. Cause I, I thought really it was a great collective effort defensively to 
really just forced the the Warriors to do kind of what the Bucks want teams to do: shoot from the mid range. And they scored thirty points from mid range. You know, they made a bunch of shots, but um, you know, <laughs> once again, the Bucks kind of coming out on the on the good end of the math equation, uh, which has been a recurring theme and. Um, pretty exciting to see a payoff with uh, with a big win against uh, uh, obviously the the top team in the league. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, if before the game I would have told you one team had a 41 point third quarter, one team had 134 points and Giannis didn't play the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure how all of us would have thought that game went, right? <laughs> like everyone would have been like, "Oh, the Warriors just killed the Bucks." Okay, yeah. Uh let's move on. Let's see what happens in the next game. And the exact opposite thing happened and I mean, it, it's really just a credit to it's a credit to a lot of things, but I just the, I mean, I think the confidence of this Bucks team, like in, in his post game, Giannis was talking about getting back on track. They lost a game, one, one game. They lost one game and the Bucks are talking about getting back on track and how important that was. And it's just like, think how like it, you typically you lose like two or three games. You look bad for a while, and then you start to say, you know, you want to you want to get back on track. And here they lose one game to the Portland Trailblazers, and now all of a sudden it's you got to get back on track. And you know, we we knew we were going to come in focus and make sure we did that tonight. And I just thought so much of that focus really shined through as you saw this team. The, the Warriors are susceptible to mm-hmm. shooting mid-range jumpers. They they have a high percentage of those of their shots are those, and you know Durant really does like those, and they they can be forced into those, maybe even more so than really uh, like the Blazers or the Celtics. And tonight, you kind of saw the Bucks really just execute, and you know there wasn't. A whole lot. I mean, there wasn't switching. Like they ran their scheme. They just worked their asses off getting over the top of stuff and running those big three guys, as you mentioned, off the three point line. And, and I thought it started with Middleton and Bledsoe. I thought uh, Mike Boonholzer summed it up perfectly in his post game when he said Bledsoe was phenomenal tonight. And I really thought he was. I, I thought he he just really made Curry work. He did a great job uh, chasing him. Did a great job staying with him making him push it inside the the three-point line, not get really very many clean looks. And then when they could, really making Curry pay the other way, that he was going to get out in transition, get him back on his heels, and try to get to the basket. And he did that throughout the night. And uh, then with Durant, I thought Middleton was – Really, I mean, really fantastic on him. He he did a great job early. Uh, you know, he had that block from over the top that he kind of poked out and then turned into a basket on the other end. Uh, he was able to poke the ball away from Duran a couple times. Duran just generally didn't look all that comfortable. And at the end of the night, he has 17 points and nine assists and five rebounds, but he also has six turnovers. And he's a minus 28, Curry's a minus 26, and Thompson's a minus 28. And on the other side, you know, Middleton's a plus 33 leading the way and Blood so it was a plus 30 and you know i think that speaks to just how well those two guys played yeah i, I thought um you know we and we were talking about it more in the the first version of this that we recorded but um you know there, there was no shortage of of kind of standouts um you know you mentioned defensively bledsoe and middleton um bledsoe i mean 10 out of 12 from the field 26 points i mean he really took advantage physically 
of um, you know Curry and, and anyone they really threw at him. He did a great job getting the rim, finishing, uh, and obviously defensively doing a ton of work as well. Uh, and Malcolm Brogdon as well, a nine out of 14, uh, 20 points, a couple steals. Um, I thought, you know, he did a really nice job getting the rim. Um, and, and again, like that's when Brogdon's at his best when he's being decisive and attacking, um, and not kind of, you know, over dribbling, which is, you know, kind of something we talk about a lot. Um, and so big bounce back game for them because they both really struggled offensively against the Blazers and, and Brogdon in particular defensively. He was the guy that really got lit up. I think McCollum was like seven out of eight or eight out of nine or something like that while mm-hmm. defending um while defending McCollum. Bledsoe was the guy defending Lillard essentially. And I mean, you know, as we talked about yesterday, I mean kind of got lost in the shuffle. You know, Lillard had his worst game of the season against the Bucks. Um and tonight Curry has his worst game of the season. And obviously there's luck that goes into that. Um it's not like Eric Bledsoe is suddenly like, you know, the all NBA first team defensive player or something like that. Um but he's certainly noticeably better this year than than he was last year. I mean, you've talked to Bud about that. That's, um, you know, you wrote that one story pretty early on after the the Kemba game. You know that you know he felt like he he didn't do his job, but you know for the most part he's been working harder, certainly a lot harder this year than he did previously. And um, you know, I thought they also again, I I think this is different from what they've done typically. Like they seemed very aware of who who the guys were that they didn't have to worry about on the Warriors. Um, and it seemed like those help defenders were constantly looking over to see, you know, do I need to take a step over here because I want to crowd staff, I want to crowd KD a little bit more. Um, you know, again, not like they're just flat out like doubling them all the time or something like that. Um, but it just seemed like they're more aware. And I, I just thought, you know, and, and Bledsoe referenced to you in the post game that, you know, they had a great game plan defensively. Um, part of it too is just, I, I don't think, I think Steve Kerr just got out coached tonight. I mean, I, I don't think they put, I don't know how many times they put Lopez into a pick and roll not many times. Um, and obviously Bledsoe fighting over screens yeah. helps, but um, it seemed like Giannis was the big, the, the screener uh, or sorry, the, uh, the screeners defender more often than not when they were pick and rolls and Giannis was just coming out, you know, Giannis isn't going to sit back in the paint like Lopez does. So he's obviously a pretty damn good option to put into a pick and roll defense, whether it's against, you know, Durant or Curry. Um, And so he can come out and, and obviously move in, in ways that, you know, a typical center can't. So, yeah, I just felt like, you know, again, like it'd be interesting to see if they kind of replayed this, you know, if Kerr would do some things differently. Um, but I I do think the Bucks did a nice job of, you know, it's not like they did a totally different, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, oh, they, they changed their their defense way up, right? Like, no, I mean, they're still going over screens, like still just relying on guys to try to defend, you know, stick with their guys. Um, we saw a little, maybe a little more like off ball switching at times, but, um, you know, I think that was mainly just because, guys seem to be so aware of Curry and Durant at all times, especially in transition. I mean, four mm-hmm. fast break points for the Warriors tonight. We talked about last night, you know, how important the offense was and not turning the ball over because that just feeds the the Warriors offense. Um, you know, tonight, 20 to four advantage for the Bucks in fast break points, points off turnovers, 23 to six for the Bucs. Um, you know, only 12 turnovers total for the Bucs. That's really big versus 18 for the Warriors. They had, you know, some of the, the sloppy Warrior stuff that you sometimes see we saw a fair bit of that and, you know, turning into easy buckets, none easier than the three on O fast break, uh, that Malcolm Brogdon, uh, finished with a casual dunk. Um, but it was interesting that Reggie Miller on the telecast, which you didn't see, obviously commented after they were showing a replay. It was just like, that's a Cardinal sin. Like Bledsoe's way up ahead of you. Like 
doesn't matter if there's nobody around like you got to pass that up to to the next guy up which i thought was kind of interesting but um yeah i mean overall like <laughs> i mean you know you didn't get like a plus Giannis, but he finally got a a, a reasonable whistle and at 10 out of 11, three, three throws in 26 minutes, mm-hmm. um, did a little bit of everything. We mentioned the couple big blocks, couple steals, um, four assists. Uh, so, you know, we saw some, some prime Giannis and only two turnovers. I think they were both offensive fouls, which is kind of typical, but, um, that's, that's the first time he's had fewer than three turnovers all season. <laughs> he's had seemingly four to six yeah. plus, um, almost every game, um, this season. So, you know, if you can kind of, kind of hunker down a little bit and kind of control that. I mean, if Giannis isn't turning the ball over five times a game, the Bucks are turnover numbers are going to look a lot better. That's really been the one weakness of them offensively. Um, so last year he was at three a game. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. I thought, you know, kudos to Bud. I thought he outcoached Steve Kerr tonight, you know, the opposite kind of what I felt like after the Boston loss where I thought Stevens really kind of took advantage of what the Bucks were doing and, um, you know, look after, you know, I think we, I, I was hoping for at least a kind of a, you know, two and two road trip would have been fine with me. Um, I thought the Blazers and Clipper games were the ones that, you know, you hoped you could steal, um, or not steal, but you know, every, every West coast game feels a little bit like you're stealing it. That's maybe my old bucks fan mindset. Um, mm-hmm. so to bounce back from that Blazers game and, um, you know, play at such a high level, especially that backcourt and Middleton defensively, um, that was just really encouraging to see. And, um, you know, I don't want to lose sight of the facts as well. I mean, Pat Connaughton, you know, was, was really good cutting off ball, had some, you know, big dunks, um, you know, basically playing like a big man, <laughs> you know, in the dunker spot a couple times, uh, seven out of 11, 15 points. Um, thought he gave them really nice minutes off the bench. And, you know, again, like, I mean, you, I mean, 33 assists and nobody had more than six assists, which I think really says it's a great testament to, I think, how they were sharing the ball. A bunch of guys had three assists tonight, which um, is cool to see, you know, again, just the the fact that this team is sharing the ball and, and buying in in a way that, um, you know, is just, I mean, it's not a surprise, right? I mean, we've, we've been seeing this all season, but, um, you know, again, just great team effort and, uh, and a really fun win. Yeah, I mean, I thought that Pat Conton, 13 points in the first half, the score at halftime was 64-53. Like, to me, that that was kind of the difference. Like, that made you think, like, okay, that's that's why the Bucks won, was Pat Connaughton uh, kind of having that that first half where you would just, you know, never, ever expect that. So, um, yeah, I would totally agree that, you know, getting in unexpected Pat Connaughton, 13 points in the first half can can just be huge and, and kind of swing a game like this. So um, just just to have contributions up and down the roster is just incredibly big. And I like that you mentioned the whistle that Giannis got because I was referencing it as, you know, a kind whistle. And, you know, people on, on Bucks Twitter always get back at me whenever I say something about the whistle and say, Oh, Giannis gets no calls. And that kind whistle was just kind of the whistle that he should get. And I mean, I, I guess when I use the term kind whistle, it was more about in relativity uh, compared to what Giannis normally gets. Like it was undeniably good. And uh, I just thought it, it, it kind of flipped the game because Jones and bell just, 
didn't really have much of a chance and, and Looney to uh, a large extent as well, just didn't really have a chance against Giannis if they couldn't use their hands. And as soon as those fouls started to get called, they had to keep their hands off. And, you know, if you have to keep your hands off on Giannis, he's going to be patient. He's going to find a way to get to the basket and he's going to find a way to finish. So um, I, I thought that was huge. And just kind of those two being the guys that, not only had to cover Giannis, but then also got to be covered by Giannis was just huge because when you see Giannis coming on the backside, it's different. And especially when you see him coming from the backside and then you can't just throw a ball out to Draymond Green and let Draymond Green get in one of those odd man, odd man situations where he's really able to go out and make a play. It just didn't happen tonight. And uh, I thought it was, you know, kind of indicative of kind of everything going on with the Warriors not having Draymond Green and then uh, having Giannis really kind of have a have a nice spot there, uh, both offensively and defensively. And I thought he took full advantage of it. And uh, sounds like uh, we have a crying baby, and that's fine. So we're going to let Frank go. But um, – I'm going to try to keep it short tonight and kind of wrap this up. But, you know, just some of the things that I end up thinking about in this one, uh, Frank brought up a great point. Lopez not really being in much, if any, pick and roll action uh, from the Warriors. They're not really a pick and roll team. You know, they are a team that tries to move the ball, cut, um, you know, kind of do those split cuts that I was talking about last night and not, a ton of pick and roll. So, you know, I think if they get each other again and they do on December 7th, I believe just about a month from now, um, I think you will see a little bit more pick and roll. You will see them uh, kind of try to make the bucks work defensively and see what they can do. But the one thing that I'm kind of thinking about right now, and we've seen this before is uh, teams doing the pre-switch where you see a big man, coming up the middle of the floor to set a pick and roll. And instead of having your own big man follow that big man, so in this case, Brooke Lopez. So instead of having Brooke Lopez go up the middle of the lane and follow Draymond Green, maybe you just have Brooke Lopez fly over to the corner or wherever you you may have that other player and have Giannis come up the middle of the lane and, and kind of do that and pre-switch some action. So i just as Frank was mentioning, I was kind of thinking that that might be something to keep an eye on and, you know, maybe something that, that the Bucks could end up doing. So uh, we'll have to kind of see how all of that goes. Um, I think ultimately, you know, kind of a, a takeaway from this game is we've talked about how this Bucks team can struggle against certain teams. We've talked about how uh, that can be incredibly difficult for them and, you know, there isn't something to do there. And I think you can kind of see what the difference could be if they are truly locked in, if they are truly uh, focused on running teams off the three-point line. Uh, they can maybe do a little bit better defensively. And uh, I think the dynamics obviously change a little bit if Golden State has their pick-and-pop big in Draymond Green. Um, but at the same time, like he is an Al Horford that hits those shots regularly. He's a little bit worse shooter. So maybe you're not all that worried about him uh, taking those shots. So uh, I think just a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, just a, a big win for the Bucks, A 41-28 third quarter, which... 
you know, this Warriors team is is pretty famous for putting it on teams in that third quarter. And tonight we saw the inverse from the Bucks. Uh they were really able to take control of that game in that third quarter and it just didn't seem like the Warriors had an answer for it at any point. Then Curry goes down and uh, obviously the Bucks take care of business from there. So um, I think that's about all I got. Uh, I'm trying to rack my brain a little bit and remember what we all talked about, but uh, it is late. So I think I'm probably going to give up, but uh, looking at the stat lines, like I said, Middleton and Bledsoe, were the guys to me that led the way tonight. Middleton, uh, just 17 points, six assists, three rebounds, three steals, a block, uh, but a plus 33 on the night. And I mean, I think all of that you can kind of see shining through in Kevin Durant's minus 28 on the night, just six of 15 from the field, six turnovers. I thought really Middleton really gave him the business. Bledsoe plus 30 on the night, 26 points, six assists, four rebounds, a steal for him. And, you know, on the other side, Steph Curry, five for 14 from the field, 0 for four from three, 20, uh, 10 points, six assists, one rebound. And again, that minus 26 feels an awful lot like, you know, kind of due to Eric Bledsoe going out there and, and really putting on a nice performance on him. Malcolm Brogdon, 20 points on the night. Didn't talk a ton about him, uh, but Frank did mention, you know, kind of those straight line drives, uh, not worrying so much about over dribbling, not worrying so much about those other things, and instead just being aggressive. I thought uh, Brogdon kind of had a steadying influence tonight. Just uh, he ends up being a minus one on the night, but I really did think he had some moments where he was aggressive he was attacking and and getting to the basket and then obviously Giannis 24 points nine rebounds four assists two steals two blocks and I thought just that matchup with Bell and Jones they did not have an answer for him and he just went out of his way to make it incredibly difficult on him and put together a great game and one that helped the Bucks seal this one uh, in the third quarter before he picked up his fifth foul with 35 seconds left in that third quarter. And uh, he was forced to sit out the entire fourth quarter, which, you know, he could have came back in, but the Bucks had it in hand by then. So really just, a, I think, a nice team win all around. Pat Connaughton, Obviously, he had those 13 first half points. He has 15 on the game. Um, yeah, then everyone kind of gets involved, and uh, the Bucks end up putting on a putting on a show in Oracle Arena, which uh, I don't think I don't think people were quite expecting. Um, certainly, I was not after the way that they struggled against the Blazers. A big answer here for the Bucks. They have two more this weekend. On Saturday, they have an afternoon game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Again, that's an afternoon game, 2.30 start central. So make sure that you're keeping your your eyes on the clock and not getting too distracted by college football on Saturday. On Sunday, they go to Denver. I believe that's an 8 o'clock start uh, in the central time zone because I think that's a 7 o'clock start in Denver. So keep your eyes out for that one as well, but the Bucks could really end up putting together a, a nice little Western Conference road trip here, uh, which just just think how different we were thinking only 24 hours ago that 
you know, save a game, you know, try to get that one against the Clippers before you have the back to back uh, in Denver. And now you're thinking, okay, a two and two road trip is possible. I think that would be huge. And we'll see if the Bucks can get it done uh, over the weekend. So that is going to be it for us for today on Lockdown Bucks. I'm sorry for the for the shortness on the podcast and uh, both uh, Frank and I feeling a little worn down at the end, but hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation and we will have a chance to talk to you again on Monday after the Bucks pick up a win or two uh, on the remainder of their West Coast road trips. So for Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you on Monday.